Vipassana meditation is at 12 hours per day, 10 consecutive days meditation practice in a center in the woods. Although they have centers all over the world, it's donation based. You come in, they take your precious phone away while you're crying about it. They provide food for you. They provide a bed for you. And they teach you basic elements of meditation, focus, concentration, and they have their own techniques in Vipassana. And they're basically creating an environment for you to fully concentrate on meditation for the entire day, for 10 consecutive days. You don't think of anything. You just have your clothes. Your phone is not there. And you're fully concentrating on the practice. Laura did it several times. Her husband did it several times. And maybe you should do it too. And I it was a pleasure talking to her. And I hope you enjoy listening as well. I read a little bit about it. And I know how, how like the process is. It's 10 days like 12 hours usually they meditate like four mm -hmm. hours then they have a break but you want to talk about that or you want to start about something else no sure i i can talk about that yeah i yeah i'm very passionate about that i love vipassana i did my first 10-day course in august 2020 so it was after lockdown and mm. it's something i always wanted to, well not always but for the last couple of years like my husband had done it before mm. and he talked very yeah, it, he, he said it was a very deep experience and I had done some meditation before, but I was like, okay, I think now I'm ready to try this, this intense experience. So I decided to go on. Yeah, it's 10 days of novel silence. So you cannot talk to anyone while you're in there. You don't have your phone. You don't have any access to external things like no books, no notebook you cannot write you cannot do anything really just <laughs> meditate but and yeah and of course it's like between 11 and 12 hours meditating and it's mm. very intense but it's it's amazing and actually most of people when i tell people about this they are like oh my god 10 days without talking to anyone and i'm like <laughs> well that's not the hardest part you know like the hardest yeah. thing is sitting in meditation for about 11 hours a day like I did. I couldn't imagine before I went there how hard that is for your body. Like when you're there and your knees uh, hurt and your back and you're uncomfortable and all that. That's the hardest part. Not talking to anyone. It's very enjoyable to me actually. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I agree. I um, we did a, with my wife. That's where we met actually at a yoga um, course. But it was like a month long where you live at the ashram in Canada it's a, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know it's Shivananda yoga and mm -hmm. so we had to we we were basically being trained for a whole month we lived there we cooked together with like 30 other people and uh so we lived at that location it's very remote in a forest and we did meditation only like 30 minutes in the morning and then 30 minutes before going to bed so it was only an hour and like a lot of people because other we had two hours four hours in total teaching yoga asanas and then there's like four hours of lessons of philosophy of yoga like it was a very very powerful course and even that half an hour of sitting a lot of people had problems with their knees and and backs so for someone to hear that you had to meditate sit in meditation forget about even like what your mind does it's like yeah. what what your knees are doing what your back is doing <laughs> Did they allow people to sit like on a cushion or like a chair? Because I know like some people told me that 
they like couldn't sit cross-legged at all so they just sat they like, on a chair like in the back how how was your experience yeah yeah they provide chairs if you ask for it i didn't ask for it but yeah there are like sometimes older people or people who have issues with their knees or something and they ask for chairs and it's it's okay and also they provide as many cushions as you need like it's mm. at the, the first day we all start with like one cushion or two cushions and every day we ask for more because you you don't know even how to see it and they also give this um little benches where you're like with your knees on the floor you know and like sitting yeah. on your knees you know so you can also ask for that and yeah so so you have all the they make it easy for you like they don't put the um emphasis on how you have to sit they just say look sit in whichever way feels comfortable for you to hold this meditation you know right i think it's called like uh the buddhist bench or something uh, maybe. I'm, I'm, not, i'm not sure yeah but i know what, i don't know what you mean um does uh <clears throat> do they emphasize not moving like choosing <clears throat> sorry choosing a pose and sitting in that pose for as long as possible or like or some people like move around constantly trying to figure out how to sit in general people move around but after the fourth day i think it is yes after the fourth day at least Three, so, okay, so of the 10 hours or 11 hours of meditation, there are three hours in separate periods that you have to be in the meditation room with everybody, with the teacher and with all the people in the center. And those three hours after the fourth day should be in Aditana, which means strong determination and means not moving. But of course, some people move because it's like one hour without moving, it's, it's, it's hard. But they encourage that that hour is without moving, or at least if you move, try to move as little as possible. If the first time you move three times, then try to move just two times. Right, But the yeah. rest of the time you can move and yeah, it's okay. So wait, I, I didn't understand, like how many hours do you have to be sitting with the group out of those like 11, 12 hours? It's three hours, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and the last one in the evening after dinner, yeah. So it's three hours. Wait. Those three hours have to be in the room 100%. The others, there's a bit more freedom around it. Like you can meditate in, your, in the room, in the bedroom, if you want. Ah, so mm. some people might be falling asleep in their room. Exactly. That, that's, the, <laughs> that's the danger of it. Like I remember <laughs> my first course, I did that quite a bit because it's exhausting. Right. And I ended up falling asleep. So in my second course, which is, which was June this year, I was like, no, I'm meditating all the hours in the meditation room. Otherwise, I'm going to fall asleep. So, yeah. Right. I think it's easier to sit with other people. It could be, it's, <laughs> it's harder because it's easier in one way because other people are helping you and you're in that environment. Yeah. But, but it's harder on the mind maybe in, because you're forcing yourself. And technically, mm -hmm. meditation is not necessarily about forcing it, you know, it just has to happen. But it's a it's a tricky thing about meditation that we're not supposed to force it. But like anything else, you have to put the time in it, you know, and to ex experience something to yeah. learn about yourself, you kind of have to go through that pain, you know, physical and, and um, mental too, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, Of course, it's not about forcing it. Like if you're there, I think 
you have to be disciplined and committed and put in the time, but you need to realize as well while you're meditating where your commitment is coming from, because if it's coming from your mind saying, I have to do this because blah, 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 you know, from an ego place, it's a bit, yeah, you're not, um, like the purpose of meditation is not working. But if you are just observing it and being there, trying to be equanimous, you know, like observing the pain and knowing there's pain, but just trying to observe it, instead of saying I have to do it because I have to do it, you know? Right. What was, so what was your purpose going, maybe not even going to the Vipassana, but being interested in meditation in the first place? Because it's, a, in, a, in one way, I teach, I don't say I teach meditation, I just practice meditation. I share my experiences and I try to talk to other people and share those experiences. Mm-hmm. So um, what is it? What, like what's the sometimes it's silly to think like oh this there's this practice we just sit and in a way like a lot of people say do nothing you know <laughs> yeah. it's a, in a way if you look at it from the outside and don't know the purpose it's kind of silly for a lot of people they say why would mm-hmm. i sit there what was what was your uh, introduction to meditation why it kind of sparked like an interest in you I, well, when I was first introduced to meditation, it was back in 2018. I was in a nine to five, very stressful job and yeah, a lot of pressure working long hours and all these things, you know, like very, very demanding job. So it came upon where I was a bit like, yeah, feeling unfulfilled, I guess, feeling a bit lost, like I couldn't see meaning in what I was doing. It was a bit going through something that I didn't even know what it was, but I wasn't happy. I, I wasn't in a happy place. And a friend of mine recommended me doing a mindfulness course. I don't know if you know, like the mindfulness course is eight week course where they teach mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. So I went to that and yeah, I was op- like, I was at a point where I was very open to try anything because I wasn't feeling very happy so so I just went to this course and it's like in a group where they teach you like the basics of mindfulness and like being fully in the moment and all these things which is basically a bit of the basis of meditation as well and yeah that's how I was introduced to it and it really helped me I really enjoyed that course and it gave me like practical tools and also meditation in a way it helped me to be calmer and to feel a bit more connected and all that. And at that point, I was just meditating like 20 minutes in the morning. And that's all mm-hmm. I did for a very long time until I found Vipassana. And yeah, it was I, from that. I think, I think Vipassana, like people that I talk to, they always say like whenever they finish the course, those people there, the teachers, they tell them that, to keep up the practice, they need to do two hours of meditation. Did that, is, is that something they told you too? Yes, yes. Yeah. So when you finish the course, they recommend, well, two things. They first recommend that you go once a year to do another course, like the same 10-day course. They recommend you keep doing that once a year. And then that you meditate two hours, one in the morning and one in the evening. And I, I'm doing that, yes. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So your husband did the Vipassana before you? 
Yes, he did it before me. Like he did the first one like many years ago, and then yeah. in 2020 again he did the second one, and I've done two as well. And yeah, now we try to do at least once a year. Right. So was he into meditation and all those things like before before you like? So he kind of introduced you to that. No, not really, because I met well. I met him after I started this mindfulness course. Ah. Um, but he had done the Vipassana thing like many years ago. He he went there a bit of like without knowing what he was going through, like because he hadn't done any meditation before that. Um, but yeah, then he was talking to me about Vipassana, which is well, I don't know if it's deeper than mindfulness. I'd say it's just a different experience and. Yeah, much more intense experience. So, yeah, it, he, no, sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, no, and yeah, he was talking about that, and I, it's, it sparked my curiosity, and I was like, okay, let's try this vipassana thing, and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, because it's a, it's quite a commitment. Ten days. A lot of people, mm -hmm. like, like you were saying, you were working and overworking, and you weren't for, fulfilled. And to take ten days, some sometimes people just want to. So, where first of all, a lot of people don't have even 10 days as a vacation, you know, mm -hmm. because and to take 10 days to do nothing in, in a lot of people's view, like sitting still, doing nothing, not talking to it, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? But yeah. it's such a trans, I think it's such a transformative experience that at least once in people's lives, they need to try that of like, our life is so external, we uh, we read we even talk right now like it's mm -hmm. it's still it's still some form of communication but the the most important thing at some point we need to listen to ourselves you know and just it's just 10 days out of so many days that we live you know exactly yes it doesn't yeah, 100%. and it it's it, you go deep like you all you do is focus on on being on having that stillness you know mm -hmm. and and just seeing being open to what that brings and it's very hard even one day is hard like yeah. i i do sometimes um like on weekends especially when my my wife and our kids are away like i can have like that one day two days where like i can focus on that and i kind of do a, a mini vipassana at home <laughs> you know like i i know in advance what i'm what i'm going to eat and um i don't have i don't have anything planned I have some food planned because in Vipassana, they also like prepare food for you, right? Yes, exactly. You, you don't need to worry about anything. They prepare yeah. food. They give you everything. Yeah. You just yeah. meditate. You yeah, just, exactly. yeah. <laughs> were, were you allowed to go to meditate outside? Like, in, like there's a bench in the forest or something, or you had to be inside in the room or within, with the group? No, that you cannot meditate inside when you're there. You can go I, outside, sorry. Yeah. You can go outdoors in the little breaks you have. Like, it's very nice, actually, because they are always surrounded by nature and it's nice to go for a walk or things like that. But for meditation, they recommend that you are inside. Like, you don't have anything like external distractions or, you know, because when you're outdoors, maybe an animal comes or, you, I don't know, whatever. Right. But, yeah or, or you or you close your or you close your eyes and you think there's a deer walking or a wolf or exactly it's better it's it's safer inside no that makes sense yeah. what was the can you go through a little bit of like those 10 days and like what was like the highs 
Oh, I've lost you. A little bit of the emotions that you went through. Yeah. Um, the first one, I went there without knowing what I was going to really like, like because people talk about this and people explain it to you, but but you cannot imagine how hard it is. Mm. And I remember that the first, probably the first three to four days, I was enjoying it because, so the way they teach the technique to you is just, uh, they go step by step through the technique. Like you start doing one thing the first day, then the second day they introduce another thing and it's like that. So I could see how it was progressing in a way. So it, I was very interested and I was like, okay, this is super interesting. But I remember then when like around day six or seven, it became very hard. I was like, oh my God, I want to be out of here already. <laughs> like it was so hard. And especially day eight, I, I just, I will always remember that like the eighth day in my first course was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like, oh my God, because you're so close to the end, but also it's still two full days to go. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. you're very close. You think it's eighth day, just two more days. But two more days is so much, and it was really hard. Um, and was yeah, it you, physically you know, hard or, or like mentally hard more? Both. I guess both. more mentally, also because you get excited and you want to share things with people, you know? There's like, you, you go through all these learnings, you, you discover all this wisdom inside yourself because you have all this time to be with yourself, and and you come to so many realizations and things mm -hmm. and you're like, I want to be out of here and share this with my husband, my friends, my family, whatever. And also I remember on my first course, I, well, I realized I needed to uh, apologize to some people for some things that had happened in the past, you know, like we, mm -hmm. we don't do that too often. Well, I don't know. People do. I don't know. But I don't know. I realized some things that I needed to do. And also physically, it was hard as well. As I was saying, like, my knees were killing me. And I like to run. And it was a bit worse. You know, like, something happens in your body. And then your mind starts worrying. And I was, yeah. I remember me worrying about, I'm not going to be able to run again. Because this is, <laughs> this is killing my knees. And it doesn't make any sense. Because, of course, I'm able to run. And it was fine. But, yeah. There are so many things going on in your head. And also you see the other people. And I remember a couple of uh, other um, women left in the middle of the course. And that is hard as well. You're like, oh, my God. I don't know. It's like you cannot talk to them. But in a way, you feel like you you know them because you're we're going through this experience all together. And you see that other people are struggling and you want to give them a hug or say like, look, it's going to be okay, you know, like, and you yeah. cannot do that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a, um, it, it reminded me because when we're not doing anything, it's like that energy flow comes and you have so many ideas and I, I totally mm -hmm. understand what you're saying. Because a few years ago, I kind of did my own Vipassana in a way where I biked uh, across Canada and it was all I wanted to do is just wake up go on my bike and pedal 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 
until like I did like 200 kilometers. And then all I had left energy to do is just fall down and, and sleep and in a way. And I did, wasn't listening to music. It was 30 days that it took me to cross Canada. Wow. And all I did every day was just bike, bike, bike. And the amount of energy I got from that and ideas, I, and I was hungry and I had like the most, I felt like I had the most amazing book uh, food recipes in my head. It was just like, it was this craziness flow of, I felt like nature was even talking to me because I wasn't communicating like with anyone necessarily. Yeah. Just he- like whenever I had to buy food and stop like that kind of thing. But for the most part, it was almost like a Vipassana, like 12 hours a day or sometimes more. I just biked all day, bike, 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 bike. And it's just the road, you, and it's a physical thing where it, you're not sitting still. It's a different thing, but mm-hmm. a lot of people can benefit from that too. Just having some practice either, it doesn't have to be 10 days. It doesn't have to be 30 days. It could be one day, but one day yeah. just being within within yourself, within, even if it's, yoga like you know i don't know if you do like stretching like the yoga poses and stuff like if you do that for two hours straight just slowly like even closing your eyes that's also very meditative yes of course yeah yeah but sitting still is like next level vipassana like (laughs) sitting uh, that's that's like if someone can't do that at least do something physical that's not too hard but continuously for like the entire day and a lot of things can come out of that but yeah sitting still is is the hardest <laughs> it is very hard yeah but no you're right like you don't have like of course i recommend doing vipassana to everybody but at the same time i understand that it's not an option for everybody as you were saying like if you have 10 days of holidays maybe you don't want to go and spend them like that and i get that but there are other ways that you can incorporate like yeah cycling or, or yoga or even just one thing i realized in doing vipassana is that I used to do everything listening to podcasts, you know, like I, I never did anything in, did anything in silence, you know, like always connected to something, always with external things coming through my mind. And I was like, okay, maybe just that, just being in silence, just being with yourself without the need to be watching a series or listening to a podcast or an audiobook or mu- even music, you know, just... Just yeah. with yourself and your mind. Because, yeah, because I, I realized that recently too, that I always constantly also listen to podcasts because you feel like you need some information and like you're yeah. working out or you're running especially. And uh, just, it's nice to hear some new information, but it, it kind of is a distraction. It seems like mm-hmm. it's a good thing to do. I still enjoy doing that. But sometimes I I try to feel myself and like, okay, I'm going to put, I'm not going to do, I'm going to work out or I'm going to go for a run. I'm not going to have my phone even, like nothing. I'm not going to listen to anything. I'm just listening to the road, me breathing. And, 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 and I'm always amazed. I teach this stuff, but I'm still always amazed how you get so much from just having no other external thing. Yeah. Because it's almost like we have all the answers, all the ideas, everything mm-hmm. within us. And when we stop accumulating information, all those ideas come into like into our head and we like oh okay like i i know what to do now i know the answer to those questions it's yes. it's such a strong practice it's it's like meditation and it's it's the most underrated practice where like you don't need anything but yourself you know there's nothing oh, that that you need awesome. you just have to put effort and time into that but what podcast do you mm-hmm. listen to 
Well, now I don't listen to that many podcasts because of this, actually. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. I used to listen a lot to, um, what is it called? The School of Greatness, I think it's called, from Lewis House. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I used to listen to that a lot. Um, the Power Hour by Adrian Herbert as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't listen to podcasts anymore, not as much. So it's just sometimes yeah. when someone recommends like a, a, an episode or something, but... Um... Are, are podcasts uh, popular in Spain? Like, do is it as popular? Because it seems like here in the West or like US or Canada, it's like one of the most important uh, sources of like information for people. It's very, like Joe Rogan is very, like the most popular podcast in the world. Well, Do, okay. Is it popular? I don't is know it popular? I think Spain, I think, well, when I began, I was living in London before the pandemic and there it was very popular, yeah. So it's it's when I was living in there that I got into podcasts and I was listening to all these podcasts and stuff. Uh, in Spain, I guess it is too as well. I don't know, really, I, I'm not sure. Uh, what, what else do you want to talk about in meditation? What are you What are you offering when uh, when people come to your profile and they click on that link? Mm -hmm. What What's the free guide? So, oh, the free guide. The free guide is actually about not being lost in your mind. So, how to you know, we all have these negative thoughts and we all have this negative voice in our head telling us maybe we're not good enough and, or maybe we cannot do this or if we do that, this is going to happen, whatever. So it's about taking this step back from your thoughts and being able to observe your mind and being able to observe your thoughts for what they are, but also trying to go a bit deeper and see and understand what that is coming from as well, because I think I think sometimes we're just like, no, just observe it and just ignore it or things like that. And it's like, yeah, observe the thought, don't get attached to the thought, but where is that thought coming from? You know, because maybe there's something that you haven't dealt with from the past or whatever it might be, but maybe go a bit deeper and explore where it's where that's coming from so basically that's that's the guide so it's your your experiences your understanding of meditation of mindfulness and you just want to share it with people yeah yeah so the the way i work with clients is trying trying to bring all i've learned and keep learning from vipassana but to the practical life because not everybody can meditate two hours a day. And I don't think everybody necessarily needs to do that. Like maybe you, you, can, you can live more consciously without doing that, you know, but you can incorporate some other small things and you can learn to see the things from a different perspective and get clear on how things are and build some practices that work for you, but that, don't have to be one specific way. So what I'm trying to do is just bring all that into the, like the practical life, the people that have stressing, demanding jobs that feel like they don't have time to do anything or to be with their families, whatever it may be. And yeah. show them that there's a way, like it is possible to, to be calmer and to be 
yeah, more focused and more to find this sense of peace within. Yeah, it's like um, I always say that you don't have to meditate to have like a good life, happy life, successful life. You don't have to meditate. But mm -hmm. just just as like you don't necessarily have to do anything else that's like available in life. You know, like you don't have to eat apples. <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to necessarily run. You can do other exercise. You can like there's so many things that technically we can do to improve our life. And you don't have to meditate, but if you do, it's it, like, to me, it's like one of the practices that like brushing your teeth, it'll like improve your life, you know? Yes. Meditating five minutes, 10 minutes, just saying still will improve your life. It'll in, in one way or another, it will improve your life, you know? Yes. 100%. And Do the you... thing is, sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that also the, the thing is, we are very impatient, I think, as a society, right? And people want to see results straight away. And maybe you don't see results straight away. Or, or you see them, but not huge transformations, you know? Because if you meditate five minutes a day, you will see small changes. And maybe you don't realize they are coming from this practice, but, but they are, you know? Like maybe you react less or things affect to you in a different way like you maybe before you got angry and you stayed in a bad mood for the whole day and now after an hour you're like okay you let go of it because it's not it, you realize it doesn't it isn't such a serious thing right so I think it's important also to remember that that meditation will improve your life but maybe you won't see like a huge change overnight but it's still having an impact in your on your life yeah and if if people don't see that improvement be, but also like take anything in life like learning to cook learning any any skill you want to even like posting online like the post that you're making or i'm making like it still takes time it takes time to for people to to view your stuff you know mm. everything takes time it, yes. meditation is not is not different like realizing the benefits of it although sometimes i think if you just sit and not move, like it just feels great immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, true. like it yeah. it just feels good not to consume anything or just like follow your breath. It just feels good right away, you know. And it doesn't have to be an hour. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you force yourself to do it an hour and then the next day you don't do an hour, it, uh, unless if it's a it's already a developed habit, then an hour seems like oh that's fine. Like I do an hour, it's fine. But it's better to start slow, you know, like I always say, like five minutes, 10 minutes. And then it, again, like anything else, it just becomes easier and easier. So you have to increase the intensity to experience and go deeper. Yes, yes. Do you do, do, you do guided meditations? No, not anymore, no, no. Like you I listen or you, or you teach others guided in guided meditation? Ah, uh, well... When I teach uh, to others, yes, I do a bit of guided meditation, but not guided meditation where like you do visualizations or things like that. It's, it's more like just a bit like Vipassana, right? Like teaching people what to observe in a way, like how to focus on your breath or how to focus on your sensations, how to deal with any thoughts that pop up in your mind. But I try to not guide too much because I... Yeah, I think it's better if people just 
learn to observe their bodies and their sensations and their experience, how it is. But of course, if you're starting, I think you need a bit of guidance, you know? Right. Because I find guided meditations, like, at some point, in the beginning, okay, but eventually, like, so annoying. I can't, like, I try to listen to them. And it's like, ah, it's like another... I have a voice, internal voice, and then there's another voice yeah. <laughs> saying other things. It, it becomes very annoying. I'd rather listen to myself, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. But, but some guidance is important. Like you're saying, like, I like how Vipassana does it. It's just they provide the focus. And sometimes when you um, even I, that's what I prefer, like sound meditation, when there's a bell, it like brings mm. you back. Or yeah. some and not even music, but like every like interval, like a minute to five, there's some kind of a bell and it brings you back and it brings you back all the time. Like that's I think that's why churches have bells. I think that's how they use them. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they use them like that right now, but I think like they would meditate and there would be bells every hour or so. Like they would hear that and they would come back. Okay, it's that time. Like I, I moved away in thoughts or in action. I need to come back. Yeah. Uh, because sound is very powerful. All right. I don't want to take too like much of your time because we're already talking for 40 minutes, but <laughs> I could talk and ask questions about this forever. Maybe what, what else do you want to share and anything in, in to, to like finalize it? Well, or maybe, maybe what's your dream, not job, but like your project, maybe what do you want to like, what do you have like a dream of some sort? It's a weird question, but like something that they kind of uh, you want to see happen in meditation, maybe in life in general, in the world kind of thing. Maybe we'll, we'll end with that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I do what I do, like teaching this like meditation and all the learnings from meditation, because I truly believe that if everybody were a bit more conscious we would live in a better world, you know, like without so much violence and 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 all these horrible things that happen every day. I don't watch the news, but you know, all the horrible things that happen, right? So I think it's very sad how some people live and how much negativity we have inside and how we project that into other people and how we harm other people without sometimes even realizing that we're doing it is just because we have this negativity inside and we put it outside and we affect and it affects everything around us so that's why I do this so I wish that if even just one person I believe that if even just one person becomes more conscious and more aware and more connected everybody around that person will as well because even if they don't do anything, but you, it, it is an energy, right? It's an energy that you put out, out of yourself and all the people around you will feel that energy and maybe, maybe they won't try meditation today, but maybe in a year's time they will be like, oh my God, look, he made this change, blah, blah, blah. His life has improved so much. I want a bit of that as well. And they will try that and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. I don't know, I guess my dream is to change the world, but I cannot change the world. But I think if you can impact even one person, that person will impact all the people in their lives. And it's very simple. It's just becoming a bit more conscious and more connected to who we are and not so worried about 
accumulating things and experiences and money and being yeah. better than others and all these all these things i um I also stopped like watching the news like like long time ago like we mm. canceled our TV subscription like many years ago because yeah. it it's like if you're in the right senses of mind like that doesn't make sense to watch that stuff it like there's other places to to get better news you know like even talking to you talking to to each other and seeing where we are and different practices that we do is much better news Hmm. like like what about news that oh there's a vipassana center available here 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 this exactly. this is what they do why why isn't that on the news you know like so we yes. have to create our own news so me and you right now are creating news you know <laughs> <laughs> this is news and you know how you said like we all want the same things like i'm in canada you're in spain there's other people in india like there's we all want the same things you know like i always bring it back to like we all want happiness health success mm-hmm. like Uh, health because we are a body like we have a body yeah. uh, success because we have a mind and there's ideas and like different things that we want to create and happiness just because we're probably something beyond the body and mind you know mm-hmm. so happiness we just want to be like a tree also wants to be happy it wants to like to be a tree you know it just wants yeah. to we all want to be whoever we fully are and that's what to me happiness is and it's weird that fear and greed all those things mm-hmm. happen even though we all know that we all want the same things, you know, health, success, happiness. So why not do that for me and others? Because we know other people want the same things. And I think yes. the reason why it happens like that, why fear and greed and all those negative things that like, you can say, that they happen only because we don't identify fully with who we are. Like, you know, like if you identify with your body, you'll, you'll respect your body and you'll work out, you'll eat healthy. If you identify with your mind, and not a profession or not a job mm-hmm. if you identify like i have a mind that this is the tool that i have like yeah. you'll you'll want to be uh successful you'll want to figure out how to how to be successful and then we have a something beyond the body and mind so you'll want and you'll respect that within you to find practices like vipassana like meditation to learn how to be happy right here right now without any like you said external things because those things They're just things. It, it's it's an illusion that they make us happy, you know? Yes. Happiness just is is right here, right now, no matter what is happening, you know? That's happiness to me. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And we get lost on all these other things. And also you're saying you would, like, you would want success and everybody wants success. And I think one important thing is also that success means a different thing for every person. And we sometimes think that success is, yeah, having a good job and having a house and having a family and having a car and having whatever. And it's like, no, like success means it's different for everybody and it's important. And that's why you need to be connected to your true you and to what you want and know what you want and not what people tell you you should want, you know? But yeah, because yeah. success to me is like, what what ideas do you have? And are you, like, if you have a repetitive idea every day, you wake up and you say, I want to run an hour a day and you constantly you don't do it but you have that idea like i want to do that and then once you do that that's success so no matter no matter what ideas you have and don't listen to anyone else like whatever ideas you have if you achieve those ideas that'll be your success like it could be i want to play guitar all day long and if you find a way to play guitar guitar all, all day long like 
at home with friends as a job like at, at a anywhere you know like doing a concert that'll be your success it's not anyone else's success so yeah i fully agree with you that success to me like on, on a foundational level success is just you have an idea if you achieve that idea that's your success that's it yes yes i agree and actually one of the things that they tell you at the end of the vipassana course as well goenka says that you are your own master you know like at the end you are in there for those 10 days and you have to follow the rules because of course you're there and you have to do and follow the technique as they teach it to you but after that they are like okay the, here are, these are our recommendations but at the end you are your own master like only you know what you need and what's best for you so go and and do it your own way and i think that's very important and that's something we all yeah need to remember yeah i really like that approach because yeah they say like this is the 10 days this is what we're going to give you but then mm -hmm. it's it's all it's still your life Exactly. Yeah, I, I really like that approach. Really, I, yeah. There's a vipassana center like half an hour away from us, and I can't. Uh, not that I can't. I should at some point. Yes. <laughs> what the, what the is stopping you to go? Uh, what's stopping me? Like taking ten days off when I know, mm -hmm. like, I have like one day here and there during the the month when like my wife and kids are away because we also run a school. Okay. So. I think if we have someone helping with the school, it's not just us. And eventually we will have, we'll have that, um, mm -hmm. like more teachers within our school because we open like a school for our kids and their nice. friends. And like, you know, like education is a whole big topic that like I hated school, but and uh, I wanted to create another school and more schools. And it's like, but yeah, is it, another, is it another school, passion. Like meditation school? No, like normal school no, no, no. for the kids. It's, we do meditation with them. My wife does meditation with them, but it's like a proper actual school where they have to learn foundational things and like oh, wow. everything, you know? Okay, yeah, it's a full full day. Yeah. I think more more people need to open smaller schools because teachers are like overworked. I don't know how it is in Spain, but yeah. when there's a 30 kids and one teacher, it's like you have two kids and sometimes you don't know how to give attention to both, you know? Mm -hmm. And having 30 kids in one class I think there's a lot of lack of attention. Teachers don't know the talents of their of the kids. Like it's it creates a whole lot of problems. And then having the same kind of educational system towards the same thirty kids or more is uh, it needs to be more individual based. I think. Yeah. So yeah. we're having like this smaller group, and we'll see where it goes. But I hope to like have these experimental uh, smaller schools um, around. Yeah. Well, but, I think it's, yeah, I think it's an amazing project. I think it's, yeah, education is key. Like, it's where everything starts, so, yeah. Yeah, and especially, yeah, I really don't like how it's done right now or, like, mm -hmm. how my experience was in school, so we want to do something else, and it's fun. I, I love being around kids, and my wife spends more time with them because mm -hmm. I also do, like, other work, and, um, yeah, but... So again, like coming back to Vipassana, once we find that that another teacher to like be in the school and maybe that'll free my time and then I'll definitely do uh, the 10 days and then we'll talk again and I'll share my experiences with it too. Yes, yes, please do. I love hearing other people's experience with Vipassana because, yeah, every experience is completely different. Even from one 
like the first course to my second course was completely different and you learn different things. So I think, yeah, yeah. Please share it with me whenever you do. Yes. I'll, I'll for sure share it. I'll keep you in mind for sure. You're, you're my <laughs> Vipassana friend now. <laughs> I'll definitely, I'll definitely do it. And then we'll talk again for sure. Yes. Listen, th- thanks for, thanks for being so on board and, and talking about your experiences and we'll, we'll talk again for sure. Yes. Thank we'll you go. for having me. Thank you.